paint the fucking world. Paint the fucking world. The fucking world. Paint 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 the fucking world. Welcome to Paint the Fucking World podcast. My name is Visual Assault, and joining with me, as always, is Nolan, and we are here with Green Rabbit Press, Josh and Nicole. How are you guys doing this evening? Great. You're great. Good. Love it. Um, now, you guys are based in North Dakota, correct? Correct. Correct. Are you guys getting hit with a bunch of snow right now? Is the weather frigid? Just wind. Yeah, just wind. Yeah, I think it's day four or five of 20 to 35 mile an hour winds, plus whatever the gusts are. So, yeah, it's pretty cold today. I think it was like negative 40 with the wind chill. That's just, no, I'm I'm good on that. Yeah. Now, are you guys both originally from North Dakota? I am. She is. I am not. Where are you originally from, Josh? Uh, so I was actually born in Florida, and then I lived there for like five years. And then uh, my mom is originally from w- Wisconsin. So when I was five, okay. we moved back to Wisconsin. And then gotcha. I lived there until 2015 and then moved to North Dakota. Okay. Right on. Uh, is it hard to sell like your artwork locally there? Do you guys ever get to, to do any of like stuff there with your artwork or? So, I mean, obviously North Dakota just has a very small state population overall and everyone's pretty spread out. So yeah, there's not a lot of congregation of space. So, like the largest city is Fargo and it's like 115,000. So oh, it's, wow. yeah, and that's the biggest city. So, I mean, the entire North Dakota population is like 650,000. So there's just wow. not a lot of people here, but there is, Ooh. And so with that, I mean, it's obviously, it's a lot of, it's a lot of agriculture. So there's, there's so there's a lot of farmers, um, not a ton of manufacturing. So it's really just the farming community. And then the, you know, everything that kind of revolves around farming when it comes to businesses and stuff. So there is one event that we go to in Fargo and that one's, it's actually probably like one of our best ones, but we've gone like three years now. So they kind of know us. It's not like a huge event. So yeah, a lot of people know us. A lot of people attend the event every year. So we actually like have gotten to know some regular people that are collecting our stuff. So that's like, that's just a cool uh, nice. aspect for us is, I don't know. I never, I always hoped to have people that would like collect artwork from us, but I never thought that that would actually Happen. come true. <laughs> I feel like I'm quite the avid collector of your artwork. Uh, uh, you know, being part of your Patreon, I, I have quite a few of your pieces. Uh, not the most, I'm sure, but I have quite a few. Um, so essentially, you guys, like, you do vending and stuff, so you guys have to travel quite a distance yep. to do anything like that. Yeah. Wow. And <laughs> I, and you guys have the, the, the new little one, so that's probably, I'm sure before the baby was born, you guys, uh, it was a lot easier to go vend and stuff, but now with the little one, it probably makes it a lot more difficult. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a learning curve. We're just, sure. we're more conscious of, like, where we're going, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, we're yeah. not having 16 hours. Yeah. So, I know, yeah. like, 
you know, packing up my son, it's like the entire trunk is his stuff. And then we have like one seat for our, our stuff. And then yeah, packing up to go vending. I couldn't even imagine. That's just, you know, with a little yeah, one, that's full, pretty tough. It's a full car for yeah. sure. Yeah. But that's just, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, when we, when we got together, you know, but like before we got married, we, I, this is, this is what I wanted to do. And it was kind of like, do you want to do it with me? And because it's like, understand that this is definitely a lifestyle and yeah, it, it could, it can create conflict if, you know, both partners aren't on board with the whole art making art lifestyle. So it's sure. definitely like, it makes things a lot easier it, or it, we basically don't have a lot of fights about art making and art vending because we're doing it together. So yeah. like, yeah, like kind of like cur curtails a whole section and category of potential, you know, disputes. Yeah, no, I, that's, that's a good point. Cause like, you know, with my wife, you know, she's, you know, she works full time and I'm at home with the boy. And then when she gets home, I get to do artwork sometimes. <laughs> it's not all the time. I, I do like a little bit here and there, but on her days off is when I really get to hit it hard. So like I'll have two full days a week where I am, you know, dust to dawn working on my art and, and getting stuff hammered out. And so, yeah, I know that, that that's gotta be, uh, it, it's gotta be easier with you guys both being able to work on things. Like if you set it up and like, Hey, this is where I'm at. Can you go take over? I'll take over here with the kiddo and you can, so that that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. If you, for the most part. Um, so like I, I still have, I have to work a day job, but Nicole is a full-time parent. And so that, but I can just be like, Hey, can you like do whatever? Like, Oh, like she basically um, packs all orders that come in and mm -hmm. handles just that whole avenue of the, of the business, which I can do, I have done, and it's not a big deal, but it's just like when an order does come in, she can literally wait for the next nap and then go and pack it. And now it's like done. If it was just waiting on me, it's just, it would be at night and only or, next or the next day, maybe. So it's like, yeah. it's going to be whenever I have time, which is not very much. So, and like she's taken over and she runs our discord and really just our entire discord presence. She's, she runs probably 90% of that. So just, just like things basically just kind of, you know, division of labor for me, but for the most part, yeah. like, you know, we make our own stuff. So like I make I, my stuff, she makes her stuff. We do have yeah. that benefit of like, Oh, Hey, like, what do you think? Or like, this is what I'm thinking yeah. or, so there's, it's nice to have that direct feedback of like, you know, especially with like vending and stuff too. Yeah, I was thinking of doing this. That's dumb. Yeah. But no. <laughs> or like, I mean, she has all the good ideas. So like some of our, some of my most popular screen prints were ideas that she had. She's like, hey, why don't you do like a cyber bunny? Like, sure. And it's like the most popular print that we sell. So it's like. Yeah, I love that piece. Yeah. So I don't, I mean, I don't know. It was really, really, it was her, I, it was her idea in concept. I obviously like realized it, but that's just kind of ideas come from the most random obscure places. 
Yeah. Sometimes you're a significant other. Well, yeah. We were talking about, I was talking about doing a lewd Patreon. And he's like, I don't know. Like, we don't really have time. And like, that's the place where we made a lot of our money the last like couple months. Yeah. In the last so. two months, I think like eight or nine people jumped on to that. Oh, nice. So, yeah, that's so, a that's a little bit lower of a tier, right? Because it's a smaller print. Yeah. yeah. So it's ten dollars. It's a five by seven print and a sticker. So. Yeah. Nice. Did you see a lot of people up their Patreon from the the one they had and just add on the loot print? No, a lot of people just at like just hopped on in general. Oh, that's so awesome. we have one person who gets both, um, but. We specifically made that tier because he asked. So, <laughs> yeah, that's just the power, really, in my mind of like right, like right now, as being being artists in the twenty second century, it's really all about like being on the platforms that are that are popping. Yeah. What, so, what, like, whatever they are. Yeah. If you're on, sure. a, if you're on a Discord server and they have like specific art channels that you can like post your stuff in, you need to be active in the general chat or else they won't support you. Yeah. Yeah. And so, really, what I mean by like she runs ninety percent of our Discord presence is like she is involved in those communities. Not just she doesn't just do a photo dump. And like, and then like, drop drop a link. She's in there in the general chat, just talking. And it's just, it's all just kind of like, it's just normal bullshit. Yeah. Just just talking about life, like. But like, she's doing that. She's developed these relationships with these with these people that lets us be like. And she she flat out, she just asked them like, hey, what do you guys think about if we did like a lewd Patreon? It'd be like a five by seven screen print. You you would get a sticker. It'd be ten ten bucks a month shipped in just a standard five by seven envelope and they're just like yeah that'd be great and we're like well okay so we like made it and like a bunch of people jumped on sec second month we got you know even more people so and all we do is just drop like pictures of it in these communities and then people just randomly just pop so it's more like you have to give people the opportunity to to support you but if yeah but don't really give them that opportunity. They're not just going to come find you. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I, uh, I never thought about joining other discord. I mean, we have the, the PTFW discord, but, uh, and I'm a, I'm a part of a couple other ones, but it's just people that I already know really. So I, I haven't thought about joining other discords out there that I may not know anybody. And, um, yeah. And especially tapping like non because there there is a point where, you know, you start jumping on a bunch of art discords. I mean, you're going to saturate your market because you're essentially just trying to sell art to other artists, which does work like a little bit at first. But it's yeah. not necessarily a good long term marketing idea because yeah. they're just as poor as you are. So, I mean, <laughs> like. I mean, and us, like us too, like, you know, selling to other artists, like, I mean, we obviously appreciate everybody who does buy things, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. because we know that 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 dollar means a lot more to us artists, yeah. you know, so the fact that you decided to buy something from another artist as an artist, like, we, we get that, because, like, we, yeah. we obviously buy art too, so it's... Yeah. 
but but yeah like we jump into other communities that are not necessarily yeah. strictly like so fine I, art i think i post in six other discords that are not art related i'm in other art discords but mm. like, i'm not those are the ones i'm posting in that are yielding a, a profit and like customer base does that make sense sure so, um and yeah, it has taken work and sometimes I do get distracted, you know, on it and I should be taking care of my kid, but like <laughs> is what it is, you know? So. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I never even really thought about that. That's a, that's great advice for anybody out there listening that, you know, other discords or discords in general are a good place to, to find people. Cause you know, we all post on social media and I mean, Honestly, that's like rolling the dice sometimes, whether your post is going to do well or not. Yep. So it, and it's, with algorithm changes, yeah. you don't know what's going to happen. And really, like for the most part, like with how well posts do on social media, I guess it's not something I would I specifically like worry about. I use it as like I don't worry about how many likes or I don't try to get a lot of likes. I just use likes as a gauge of sure. what things are working and what things are not working. And mm -hmm. sometimes it, like for the most part, like especially with Instagram, you really don't get dinged if your stuff doesn't like pop off. So it doesn't super matter. It's like, so you could, so Instagram post away stuff like right. TikTok, you do get dinged if your stuff starts doing badly because TikTok understands that, Oh, that didn't that didn't pop off or that's not doing well people just aren't into it so they're going to push they're going to bury it with other yeah. stuff so see so, so just even so just having a general or if you get banned multiple times yeah or get taken <laughs> down multiple times yeah so there's there are know. like there are things that with everything you know every platform you should you should educate yourself you know it's a simple right. google search on how what's kind of happening in the here and now but i mean i used to spend like a couple hours, probably a week, just trying to reading articles, trying to figure it out, how to make things like what's the secret formula. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, yep, new algorithm changed. Or it, the thing is, is like, it's not like any of these platforms yeah. announce there's a algorithm change. It's just all of a sudden people are like, hey, Did this thing that was, yeah, this, <laughs> something was working. It's not working anymore. What the fuck? Yeah. Like right yeah. now, right now, I mean, there's another Instagram illustrator chat that I'm that I'm in. And like we've all confirmed that, like, oh yeah, our views are totally way down on Instagram. And these then I'm probably we have the smallest audience in that chat compared to everybody else in, in there. And the, and everyone is inner is international. So you can't even use like the US excuse. Like they're from all over the world, all these illustrators. So yeah, it just kind of, we just got to, but you just roll with it. Like, what am I going to change? Like, I can't, I'm not going to edit my art to fit whatever imaginary algorithm that's going to change next month. And so, but, you know, it's, it could be because, you know, Facebook and Instagram like rebranded as meta. So then it's like, well, maybe there, maybe it's time Facebook and Instagram to die. And then there's going <laughs> to, well, that just means there's going to be, a little bit of a vacuum time before the new app shows up. And then when the new sh app shows up, everyone's going to hop onto that. 
which we will as well, because we're not yeah. nostalgic about apps. We're just going to get on what's popping because <laughs> it's I the mean, same. That's, that's what happens with TikTok. But now TikTok is, you know, it was supposed to be this great app for, you know, all creators. And that doesn't matter like what you're doing. But now it's getting to a point where it's controlling and like you can't make any certain little thing and or they'll take your video down or post ban you or you know shadow ban or whatever you know weird thing and so it's just a level of you can't worry about what um algorithms are going to do you need to do what you're like post it forget about it walk away like don't yeah. like oh i only got a hundred views or whatever okay well the one day we got like 15 and i was like what the heck yeah. um but you can't yeah. worry about it. it it's it's weird like i uh i kind of took a step back from social media in in november and i, I just kind of i wanted to take a step back from it i got tired of posting every single day and trying to keep up and make content every single day uh so i took a little step back from it for my own page and i would just post when i felt like it and honestly like the videos i did post were doing better than if i posted every day so i was like well okay i i, I don't know i yeah, i don't we were, get it yeah we were confused yeah. by that too because like i would try and be like okay like i got like we got a screen print TikTok i got lined up i got another like work in progress TikTok i got lined up i got a packaging reveal TikTok. like i had i mean i would like there'd be times where it's like all right i got content like ready to yeah. ready and i would roll it out every day it's like let's do let's do like the new thing and yeah like the views sucked and then it'd be like i'd be two weeks away and then i would drop a new TikTok, and it would be the exact same stuff screen printing or a work in progress or a whatever and then all of a sudden that one popped off and it's like that makes literally no sense whatsoever no, so it, we just don't even like we just for like instagram that we hit daily because that's like that's what that app is for TikTok, it's more like when we got something we'll we will toss it on there but i am not going to stress out about trying to deliver something like daily because i've already proven i've pr i've run that experiment you know several times and it's just it's never proven effective for for what it is that we do i don't know why maybe it is just us maybe it is just like the 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 content is redundant i don't know but i'm not gonna worry about it have you started taking your uh tiktok video or your videos for tiktok and posting them onto instagram because i i know that oh, yeah. they're trying to convert it over to essentially instagram as like a tiktok Instead of photos, they want videos now. Yeah, um, yeah. TikTok's, uh, I mean, uh, Instagram's move has been going towards a TikTok-ish format for quite some time now. Yeah. Um, I know they they tried that whole IGTV thing that I and I actually got on it and tried it for a bit and was like, this is weird. Um, and then they did the whole reels and the shorts. I think they're pushing the reels out right now. IGTV is yeah. dead. They're not pushing that out at all. Um, stories were used to be like a really big thing. Posts, you'd be able to like post a certain amount. Now it's like posts don't matter. Stories are like, eh, it's all about the reels. 
I think every single platform is trying to go toward that format. Like even YouTube. YouTube's starting to do those YouTube shorts that you can only post through your phone. You can't post it on the computer. Sure. And I don't know if that'll change. Uh, that that might change because I know you can do that through TikTok now. But like, yeah. I thought that was really weird, man. That YouTube started pushing these things, and I was trying to figure out how the hell to do it. I'm like, how do I, how do I post a short? I got everything on my computer. I already have it edited, and I'm like, oh, you can only do it on your phone. It's like, what? Yeah. Ridiculous, yeah. man. I mean, it's yeah. That's that's just a part of. I mean, we all used to be on MySpace. We all had those MySpace pages that took 10 minutes to load because everyone dumped a bunch of shit on there. <laughs> we all used to have that. And look at that. Where's MySpace now? Hey, I didn't. I was too young. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yo, you missed the best time in social media. I am sorry, Facebook. And all those other ones have nothing on MySpace. MySpace was yep. literally one of those ways that you can express yourself through yeah. a page. Short of like, you know, I don't know if you guys ever did any like try, what was it called? Uh, oh man, I don't remember. There were a bunch of those like free website websites. You can make a website mm -hmm. and all they were, all they were was like just pages of shit that we would dump. And then we'd tell everybody, oh, this is my link, man. Go to my link and check out my page. And it was literally like Facebook, I mean, um, MySpace before MySpace. And then MySpace hit and anybody that knew HTML coding was like super like uh customizing it and stuff and oh, yeah. Dude, um yeah, start like downloading or installing all those little widgets and yeah i had a little boom box with like a playlist like the the music thing was like the best best thing yeah except from that you know internet wasn't what it is now so it's just <laughs> like oh yeah let me load up somebody's myspace here i'll go uh i'll go make a pizza and i'll be back <laughs> <laughs> you know it, myspace was kind of like almost having a um like your own personalized, like dumbed down website. Yeah. Because yeah. You, you can customize it so much. Yeah. And like when I got Facebook, I'm like, wait, I can't customize any of this. This yeah. is, but I that's know. where everybody was. So I feel like that should be there. the next move for Facebook is to make it customizable. If yeah. they did, man, they would dominate. I, I feel like they would just because a lot of us nostalgia searching people would like be like oh man and we just start uh, i mean well, okay i don't know how you guys did it but it was like a badge of honor if your page crashed somebody's computer we wore that <laughs> we wore that badge of honor it's like ah oh man well i i guess uh we'll, we'll move on from social media and let's just talk about a little bit about artwork Art? here um uh, it, it definitely is pertinent, but you know, when did you guys start taking your artwork seriously? I mean, I know you guys both went to college and you both have degrees in artwork, and um, but what was like the time frame for each of you where you were like, "This is what I want to do," uh, and this is where I want to go from? Well, I guess we can go back to when I was in. Uh, undergrad so 2017 no 2016 probably is when I met this guy so I mean really then like it's he's one of those people if you get him on a topic you need to have like an out like or he'll talk <laughs> about it for like four hours so like and that was the 
like no offense to my undergrad teachers, but I hated them. So it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> they sucked at what they did. So like I'm there, I'm spending thousands of dollars to learn how to sell my art and make art and like all of that. And I got a shitty experience and like Josh was the only one who would actually sit down and philosophically talk about like art with me. So like this, this was before we were dating. Yeah. So like I just knew him because he was the printmaking GT or not GTA. He was a printmaking grad student at the time. Yeah. So um, he was the only person because I would spend all my time in the printmaking room because nobody was in there and they had like giant tables. So like, you know, spread everything out and work on it. Um, mm -hmm. So like that's probably when I was like, oh, like, like I can actually do something with this. Like what? And then it like gets you thinking like, okay, how do I get to where I want to go? And so I, we burned a lot of bridges like in like that time frame from 2016 to 2018. Well, really 2019. Um, so just, I guess that was a big turning factor in a way. And then like 20, 18 right is when we got together oh yeah um so and then that was another like big jump of like okay now we both want this art thing what does that look like for us as like a couple because we saw um we brought in a visiting artist they're called little friends of printmaking and they're a couple and um we brought them in because they're screen printers specifically and they're a couple. So we wanted to know like their secrets of how they maintained a relationship and like made this six figure, you know, um, not income income. Yeah. Yeah. Being, being two, two full-time artists. Yeah. So that was like another big thing of like, oh, well, we could go to all these vending shows. We can do like all these things and build up a reputation with these like people and which like we have, like we have some sort of reputation with people. But um, so that was just another big thing. But then now you have to like figure out what to make art that is sellable in a way. Like you can sell any art that's, you know, you know your thing but to make it general enough that the general populace will want to buy it is like another thing if that makes sense sure so, um i would say making it marketable yeah may, so, not really maybe saleable because that's just for, for whatever reason that's kind of like a dirty word but making making art that's marketable i would say yeah. whatever however you want to take that because i mean we don't compromise like what we want to make art of. like no. like if i really wanted to try and make money i would just do like dog portraits all day you know what i mean like that sounds that, awful yeah but right? it, that's exactly <laughs> like that sounds that sounds terrible but but, but people make six, six figures doing it yeah but it would not fulfill me it's not of, of any interest to me to pursue that in any way you know same same with her she really wanted to like have a solid income making art she could be a wedding photographer because that's really what her degree is in is in photography like oh, yeah that was a whole nother thing in my undergrad yeah we need <laughs> to go into that but like but so that's so that's kind of but like but that doesn't 
doesn't interest her, doesn't fulfill her. So like we're, we don't compromise like what we make art a, a, about, but we do gauge how the market responds to to what we are putting out there. And sometimes we we do go like, well, you know what? We were sitting on this thing forever, whatever the design was. We were sitting on this thing forever. I, we don't necessarily know the reasons why, but eh, maybe it's just not an avenue worth continuing to pursue. But it's, sure. it's it's the same in the fine art world. I mean, you'll ha- like if you had a gallery exhibition, it's very apparent if the if the market responds well, not just with sales, but just how people interact with the images that you're making. Are people surrounding your art? Yeah, like if like if, if people are kind of giving it the whole like you know one second and like gone, not even like that that point three seconds and like taken off. It's like, well, this is not connecting with people. Not just the mm-hmm. whole purpose of making you know, visual images, if you're not breaching, you know, the barrier and connecting with somebody, if no one's standing in front of it, looking at it, it's not doing its job. So it's clear that there's something missing, whatever that is. So like for a hard, whatever of that, he was making Lady, Lady Liberty art, you know, dressed as a stripper, which is great. Like they're great images, but like a lot of people don't like political art hanging up in their, their house. Sure. So I was like, well, why don't you get out of the political, you know, theme? And he's like, well, I've been doing this for the last four years. Like, what do I do? And I was like, anything you want. Like, <laughs> and so that's when um, we made the little blue and black devil girl um, of the one of the pins you have, Marco. Um, so we made that and like that did really well at the beginning. So like it's kind of just if you're making something and people aren't like you're sitting on it for a really long time like maybe you shouldn't be making that like not that you shouldn't be but like change it up yeah yeah so i i uh i completely get that like i've had to kind of like there's lots of things that i'd love to do like uh outside of what i normally do but i have to take a step back and be like okay I am very much the definition of a starving artist. I have to make money with what I do. So I have to figure out what's going to be marketable for me. Yep. Yeah. Where can I bring in an income with what I'm doing? So some of those things that I would do, they just kind of, they get pushed the back burner, you know, eventually maybe I'll revisit that, but you know, I definitely understand that you like change it up, evolve with the times which sucks because you, you want to ultimately do whatever you want to do, but at the same time, you have to kind of keep pushing yourself forward with what's going on, what's current, what's relevant. And yeah, I, I definitely understand that. I mean, it really, yeah, we, every, had an, it, we just had artist. a really interesting conversation like a couple of weeks ago about like, you know, selling art versus selling out. And I feel like this particular thing that we're talking about right now is really close to that. And, Ultimately, we, we were like, well, as long as you keep, you know, uh, true to yourself, and that's what it sounds like you're, you're, you guys are basically saying, you know, it's like, as long as you keep true to yourself, and it's, I really like how you said it is, it's fulfilling, as long as it feels like it's fulfilling, and you're, you're not going like down a, a, the wrong path or anything like that. But I mean, um, like we obviously know, like, a lot of the artists that we know that are screen printers and printmakers um they are big deals in their you know respective worlds like they are 
famous essentially in their respective worlds mm -hmm. and they they talk about it the exact same way like they don't they don't like if they have something because it costs them money it costs money to not make money and so if that's happening then it's like well i now i'm not eating or i'm not you know like standing on a principle of like oh i'm gonna make this because uh because i want to and i'm and, and you know i'm the i'm the artist and i get to dictate like what happens like that's fine but that doesn't pay your bills so as far yeah. as i know principal bucks don't exist so can't that doesn't buy me food so there is there is a little bit of give and take and what is also weird is that and this is why our his, history is important <laughs> but that's nothing new art has been a business for 600 years or more it's this is not this is nothing new this idea of making things that are saleable da vinci didn't paint the mona lisa because he felt like it he was commissioned to do that he made money doing that thing the only reason why he had it is because he he loved it so much he refused to give it to him but he did keep the money <laughs> Well, so, that's just like the Sistine Chapel wasn't made for fun. No, no. <laughs> like <laughs> that was made to make money. Oh, and Michelangelo didn't paint that. His assistants did. His assistants did. It's funny. I, I just watched a documentary on the Mona Lisa, which was super fascinating on on uh, on Prime. And they there's an image like three images below the Mona Lisa, mm -hmm. and I was like, wow, that's that's crazy. Um, well, you know, it kind of segues into my next next question was how has your art changed? You know, I know you guys didn't just start making art when you got to college. What were you guys making before you went to college? Um, so like when I was in high school, I was my original art career goal was to be like a comic book illustrator or something like that. Hmm. And the thing is, is that when but when you grow up in like the rural Midwest and neither of your parents went to college, like they don't know anything about art. They're not artists. They had no idea like what to do. And they're like, well, we'll just go to college and then you'll figure you know, it out. Yeah. Like <laughs> you're, they just assumed that the faculty would know how to do that. Well, they didn't. So yeah. shocking. But, but if you don't know that, then, you know, that's, that's kind of like, oh, well, I'll just go to college to figure and figure that out. And so, but once I got there, I quickly realized like, oh no, you need to really go to a very specific type of college to do this very specific type of thing. And so um, I also had a high school art teacher who was really trying to push me away from doing any kind of like comic illustrative work. So he's like, hey, here, here's Jackson Pollock and abstract expressionism. I'm like, all right. So I totally jumped on that bandwagon. Like, yep, lay the canvas on the ground and throw paint at it. So that's what I was doing when I got into undergrad, but that was at, that was in central Wisconsin, um, not in North Dakota. And okay. I actually went to school for wildlife bio and couldn't pass chem too. So I switched to art. <laughs> oh. and I would have a back. Did you, uh, did you say you originally went for photography? Uh, I did. So this is like a whole story and I don't know if we want to get into it, no, but no. <laughs> no, it's kind of funny in a way and very petty. Um, so long story short, I went for photo in, at the end of your um, 
bachelor of fine arts, you have to do a show. Uh-huh. Uh, and I was doing CMYK screen prints in printmaking at the time. So I was, and so I'm all for the second amendment. Um, and I was doing a whole show on firearms and parts of firearms and bullets and, you know, stuff like that. So I uh-huh. photographed these things and I split them into CMYK and printed them on metal um, plates. And my photo teacher didn't like that because I wasn't using a traditional form of photography. So AKA control P and print it from a printer. And I had to get the chair involved and everything. So that's how that went down. So I, I did end up screen printing my show and she was not happy about it, but now we're here and I do CMYK screen prints all the time. So. You know, that, that's, it's interesting you brought that up. Cause like when I was in college, I didn't have like the same experience, but like I had told the, the head of the department, I was like, oh, and she asked me how it was going. I'm like, oh, good. I just made some prints of my artwork to put up for sale. And she's like, oh, you're a sellout. Yeah. And I was like, uh, what? Like she's like, only only art- artists that make prints that are artwork to sell are just a sellout. And I was like, well, um, I actually think that it's just a great way to generate money for my artwork and to keep generating money off of pieces that are already sold. You know, it, it just seems logical. Um, it, I feel like in the fine art community, and especially when it comes to the university level, there is a particular way to do things. And if you don't go that direction, you are definitely frowned upon. Um, the word I mean, kit was thrown around a lot. It does, it does depend on, like, you know which program you go to because my undergrad was awesome i loved it you all the teachers were and it's really the difference between a research institution versus an and an education focused college so like north dakota is a research institution where i went to undergrad in central wisconsin that's a, a an education focused college so all of the faculty there are very much they they are there to teach they're not they do research, but the but it's like 20% of their time as opposed to teaching, which is like 80% of their time. So sure. like they are they are there because they are interested in teaching and mentoring young artists through a through a through a program. And so my undergrad experience was awesome. I loved it. I would go back. <laughs> like, um, so it's it it does matter the faculty. And I will say that I mean, I got to know pretty much all the faculty there. And, um, you know, they, if you, when you really sit down and talk to faculty and you can get them like outside of class, which I did most of the faculty, cause look, I don't like, why would I hang out with other students? They don't know anything. Go hang out with the faculty. They're the ones that have shit at least a little bit figured out. So, but like just hanging out with them and just being like, Hey, like what's, why is, and it, why is this program just so cool? Cause it's, it's not an art college. It's just in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. And there's like, yeah, the faculty just really jive here. And, but that they're like, that is rare. They're like most, most colleges are not like that. Like they're 
they're very petty and they're just the faculty just for whatever reason just refuse to refuse to get along they're like what we have here is extremely rare and i didn't really understand that until i got to north dakota and went like oh yeah this is this is horrible because yeah i would say that that's nowhere near the experience that i have like the faculty once class is over you know you might get a little bit of their time but it has to be related to the class you weren't able to just like you didn't have access to them, like pick their brain on something that wasn't happening in class, or they didn't want to yeah. talk to you about that. So mm-hmm. I, 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 mean, I never had that experience. Like it's I, not I like it. I sat with everybody like every day, but it was definitely sure. just like, hey, like we like I could sit and talk with the printmaking professor, um, you know, until he had to like basically run to a meeting because that's what he was there for. Like he didn't hang out in his office like during class. Like he hung out in the print shop and was talking to people about whatever, you know, mostly it was like their ideas or like, you know, trying to help them work through this, I, you know, whatever it is that they wanted to achieve with their specific art making. So like what I mean, like he was there to like help you figure it out. And he wasn't the only one. There's a like the majority of the faculty were there to help you figure it out because that's what they were that's where they were interested in. And so that's actually where after that, I kind of bailed on the whole trying to figure out being an illustrator thing. Cause it's like, that's just a cutthroat world that there is no way I, and I just don't have the chops for that. But after that, I'm just like, Oh yeah, I want to go to grad school. Cause I want to teach printmaking. Cause I want to be that, like, I want to be that the guy that everybody comes to, to help them figure out how to make the art that, that they want to make. The whole marketing selling thing, like, yeah, I didn't have a lot of knowledge about that at the time. I, I'm figuring out that we apparently do have a lot of knowledge about that now. But like, <laughs> but the whole, but the, because art making is so important to me that helping even just somebody else figure out um, how to do that better, it's just seemed like the best job in the world. So yeah, I feel like you've like both of you have always been quick to to lend uh, a hand to any anyone who asks questions uh, in the Discord or whether it be on your your TikTok or Instagram. I, I've I've witnessed you guys multiple times saying, "Oh yeah, you know this is what we do. This is how you can do that," and and it's 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 such a, an important aspect to all of us as artists. And, and it, so many artists don't do that. Well, I think we've just been not burned is the is the wrong word, but we have asked so many artists questions and they don't get back to us, or um, they'll be like, "That's a secret." Yeah, like we Hate can't. That. I can't tell you that. Like, where's your manufacturer for this? Oh, I I can't. Like, nope. Yeah. Like. I'm just like, that's stupid. Like, I understand. Like, okay, well, now, like, I'm in a couple enamel pin, like, communities um, on Discord. And I understand, like, they don't want to give their manufacturer out because it's going to slow down their production. And it's, they've noticed that it um, reduces quality in their print or their, like, pins because the manufacturer is rushing to get their stuff done. Okay, I understand that, but it's also up to the manufacturer to be like, okay, well, we're overbooked. We can't take anymore. Like, right. 
So yeah, there is that level, but most of those are Chinese manufacturers. So, um, yeah. and, but there isn't a level of like you, well, there's a level you just need to be like, okay, yep. Here's my manufacturer. That doesn't mean I'm going to go with them. You know? Right. Yeah. Like, sure. it, just like if you order stickers, like you can go to Sticker Meal, Sticker App, Sticker yeah, Monkey, or like there's so many of them out there now. And like, I'm going to tell you where I get my stickers. Like, I don't yeah. care. Like, yeah, yeah. it's going to take us longer because Sticker App has blown up because of TikTok. For real. Like, because now it takes us two weeks to get our stickers. It took a, it was taking like a week when we first started ordering from them. So, I mean, yeah, there is a level of that, but maybe you just got to plan a little bit ahead, you know? Yeah. I so, feel like uh, the, the important part is it's not so much of like when, when you give people information, when, when you go and like actually answer their questions, um, what I, what I take back from it is how you make that person feel, you know, cause you're absolutely right. They don't have to go with the manufacturer that you tell them. Or they might not even use any of the information that you gave them. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you gave them information might be that push that they need to actually go and do it themselves. Mm-hmm. And then you got somebody that's like, nah, bro, this is all my stuff. Go do your own research. It's like, oh, yeah. All right. Well, that's... maybe I'm not because it's too much work or whatever. Well, and like, I mean, it's a lot of time to it figure is. it really out. Like yeah. It. And it's, it's more, I mean, when it comes to like, especially like the screen printing stuff, and I mean, we understand. Yeah, we understand that, like, when we have a visiting artist, you know, they are getting paid to come and do this thing, but it is still a huge inconvenience for them to show up at a college because they're usually traveling a significant distance. You know, they're being housed in a hotel and they're being fed usually at restaurants, which gets really old in the Midwest really fast because most things are deep fried. So it's like you're going to gain 15 pounds doing a, a visiting artist thing. But all the ones that I brought in when I was teaching um, when I was teaching print, printmaking, I knew were very open about sharing their process and not just their process in the in the screen printing, but just the whole because they were all, you know, um, making a living being artists. And so it's like, well, let's also talk about that because these things are not being talked about in college and they all and all those artists they also knew that because they all went to college and went like oh we didn't we had to figure all of this shit out now there <laughs> right. the thing is, is like like especially when we brought in so it's james and melissa buchanan are the are the married couple for the little friends of printmaking i'll just drop them that's their website google it you can go check out their stuff everyone will love it but they were absolutely 100%. They're just like, whatever you want to know, ask. Because we can give you every piece of information. There is YouTube out there. You can go and look up everything you want to know about anything. But right. you still need the guts to go and do it. Yep. Like You can have all the information. That doesn't mean you're going to actually be able to pull the trigger on it. And that's really the big difference between, you know, artists that are working versus not basically that's kind of how i look at it. so i i absolutely will share you know anything about the screen printing process that i can in 150 characters in tiktok because and sometimes i'll go 
three more re replies because it's like, yep, I will give you everything. And you want to keep asking, we can move to DMs. We like whatever you want to know, because I, it's not going to, it doesn't impact me to not right. tell you to, to not share. It doesn't hurt me. It only helps me to share with you because you're going to make a lot more friends using sugar than vinegar. So, yeah, right. You know, right. I, I feel like so many artists have this mentality that they're in a competition with other artists. Yeah, a scarcity mentality. Yeah. And like, I can't tell you how I did this because you could steal my business. Yeah. You know, I, I always say the only person I'm in a competition with is myself. I want to keep outdoing myself. And that's, yeah. you know, I want to keep pushing my, and that's how I keep pushing myself forward really. But I'm not in a competition with anybody else. I mean, you know, because my artwork, if, if your artwork is good enough, it's going to stand on its own. Yeah. And that's really, you know, what you want to strive to as an artist. And you, this whole gatekeeping community on uh, keeping secrets and, you know, not sharing things. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it makes me feel like every artist that does that is completely insecure about their own work. I mean, I mean, I do understand it along the ways of, of course, they want to keep their meal ticket like coming in and they're, I mean, yeah, art is a business. And when you start uh, giving stuff away, yeah, it's possible that you, but it's like, it's so, it seems so unlikely that all of a sudden overnight, all your business is going to dry up just right. because you told somebody one thing. It's like, like there is not, we are not in a scarcity. There is an abundance of people out there that you just have to connect with. And really, if you're not connecting with, I mean, there are just several factors that could, you know, be in play. Like, like for, for example, we notice Minneapolis, which is like five and a half hours away from us. That's like our closest, like really major city uh, besides Fargo. I mean, we do really well there. I don't know why we just do. Uh, we just went to Omaha like three weeks ago and we did very poorly there. Now, I don't know why it was the exact same company that, that did both venues, one in Minneapolis and one in Omaha's and they were two weeks apart. So, but we did significantly less, um, in Omaha as opposed to Minneapolis. Now that could be population size, but my guess is it's more about geography. I'm guessing yeah. Omaha is just a more conservative city compared to Minneapolis. And so uh, Minneapolis is where all the like hipsters and like that's where they all hang out, I guess. So we have now, you know, found our audience. So now it's like, well, maybe instead of trying to go to a million events in like around the world, maybe let's just maximize areas we know are going to be like successful for us yeah so, right i you find know, that so I, fascinating man just how to... a simple a, a, a simple change of state can completely like dictate yeah it's nuts because you would think like oh we're all americans right we're all the same no <laughs> yeah i can tell you that your guys's stuff not necessarily the style because the style is bomb but your guys's um obvious gotcha. Right, there you go. You guys' content would probably not do well in my peninsula area. Maybe in the bigger cities, like in Anchorage and stuff, depending on the venue, right? 
but uh, here in the peninsula, probably not just because of the demographic of people here. Yep. Like my stuff is kind of iffy, you know, goes up and down. And um, even the demographics kind of weird. It, it's definitely uh, going to be a lot more uh, popular with the younger crowd. And, and a lot of the guys on our age or our, you know, area just because of like the aesthetic but for the most part if it's not a landscape or an alaskan view or a moose and a bear or something you know it's like all right um you better have your demographic down you better have your marketing down or you're not going to sell anything and i'm like all right cool and we do really well but i find that so fascinating i don't know if you guys have looked because on like instagram you can view like like who is like viewing your stuff like male female age range type of thing and ours is like 25 to 35 um yeah so that's just kind of interesting yeah so that's that's our so i mean the the insights on on yeah, all social go, yeah. medias, but instagram in particular ours are pretty robust just because we've had the instagram account for quite a while but yeah like our demographic is 75 percent male Anywhere between, I mean, really it's 18 to 45, but mostly into the 25 to 35 range. And it ranges from California to Texas to New York and Pennsylvania-ish area. That's kind of like our where where the viewers are at least. Mm-hmm. But then again, like, you know, just through experimentation, basically every time we go to Minneapolis, man, it's like, you know, it's a good time. So but that's just what you do, man. That's just that's just running any business is yep. you. Unfortunately, there is no like magic formula to tell you where to go to sell anything. You just have to experiment. Yep. And yes, sometimes you will eat that cost and there's just no way to mitigate. You obviously try to mitigate. You keep you just try and keep your your bottom line just as low as possible. But you if you if you want this bad enough understand that you have to invest in it and yeah. that's what we do and yes we investing have, also means losing money yeah like yeah i mean upfront cost that means sometimes yeah every show is a gamble there is mm-hmm. no there's and there but that's that's how business works it's always a gamble it's the same if you invest stocks like yeah. they're going to be down one day up the next like yep. up for a year down for 10 like you don't know yep. yeah yeah <laughs> You know, I, I did a show in my hometown in Gold Beach, and I, all the artwork there is very similar to what Marco was saying. But I was like, "Fuck it, it's thirty bucks for a booth," oh, and yeah. I had I had a big booth, and so I went in and I had my artwork. I walked out at the end of the day with a grand in my pocket. I had no idea I was going to do that well. It's because and you were was, different from everything yep. that they were seeing. Yeah. And in all of the younger crowd that kept walking through, and I, and I, I feel like I have something for everybody. And all the younger crowd was like, I, I had people at my table all day, and my cousin was there helping me. And he's like, man, every time I look up, I have all these vendors looking over here at us, and they're all scowling. And I was like, why? He's like, because everybody's over here. Yeah. He goes, you're the only you one making different. money in this building. Yep. Uh, and I also make it a point to talk to every single person. Yeah. I, I'm very diligent about that. Like I'm talking to everybody and I, I think being personable and, and putting yourself out there and talking about your artwork and I stand right in front of my booth and I'm talking all day long. 
Like yeah. if, if you don't lose your voice in eight hours, you're not doing it right. Well, it's yeah. funny when you get so, to like bigger events, you'll talk to people and they'll just either stonewall you or like pretend you don't exist. Like, yeah. it also or will. they'll or they'll chat your ear off. There's yeah. no in between. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I've done some uh, anime conventions, and um, they get they get really crazy with the whole. I, I did I've done one for like three years, I think, back to back, and then you know, twenty twenty hit, and it's been kind of weird. But uh, what I really like about that that technique, what Tyler's talking about, is you know, personable is when you do those same events, and those people come, they like remember you, right? And they yep. they look for you, so you yep. go. And you're looking around, you're like, hey, and then you guys act at least the way with me, you know, you act like if you've known each other forever. You better act. You know, they come no, over. You better act excited because you yeah. better yeah. be grateful <laughs> right? for at, that somebody bought bought your shit. And that's, came back. Hell yeah. yeah. Like hell that's yeah. that's really at right now. I I feel my observation is is that a the the gratitude economy is going to be the next thing. Is that that whole just yeah. just get just hop into like a job they'll take care you know work at it for 40 years and then they'll take care of you that system is done it's over so yeah. now the system that replaced that is you can be here for 5 years but we can fire you for any reason including if you deserve a wage a a wage increase we're going to fire you like there that it was the that was the economy that replaced the will take care of you economy, but now there is pushback from Gen Z. And I feel as though now businesses are going to have to circle back and go like, actually, we really need to start taking care of our people again, yeah. because it's those businesses that fuck people over for the last, whatever, probably well, two, three decades. And then they're wondering why they can't keep people. Like, why would you they know, stay? Like they have no reason to stay. They can go make a, freaking youtube channel and make a hundred grand you know yeah. like there's no point in them staying at your shitty server job you know right so i definitely feel that the gratitude e economy is the next thing that's gonna that's gonna that's going to take over and and that just trickles down into every you know every small business including us is that if you yeah. in any way are not grateful to anybody and you if you act because word of mouth is still pretty powerful and like mm -hmm. So, so if we actually like one person, that's gonna yeah. get around. So especially sure. in like the pin community, yeah. Oh my god, if you do one thing wrong, you better be on top of it and making a public like apology right away. Like, pin community, yeah. yeah. So they're so they are hardcore. Lewd, <laughs> they are hardcore. pins are a very hot commodity, especially in the anime community. And if you make one small wrong you better be there ready to fix it that is insane yeah. that is insane you will not you'll you will you yeah. will be done you'll be done like out of every out of every type of uh product that you could think of like pins of all things man that's crazy but they're collectible yeah any oh yeah you that you're right i i imagine any collectible community is the same way i mean baseball cards so like sports cards pokemon cards i, I they all gotta be that like if you send way. out a card that do doesn't have a scratch on it when you got it um and you sent it out and it doesn't have a scratch and it, it through the mail process whatever happened it's like a corner was bent 
um, you could probably, that could probably end your career, like, <laughs> as, like, a card collector, depending on... Oh, that. yeah, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, who you sent it to, like, it yeah. could, you know... That's that's also the power of social media, is, yep. like, everyone's got a platform, and every, and everyone essentially has a voice that could, that can, you know, promote or, you know, demote you, so... Yep. It's just something that, I mean, I know we talk about it in business terms, but we just approach it as in like, you know, they're excited to own it. We're excited to give it to them. We just, we also just encourage them, hey, you want to tag us? Because we just want to see it. Like, it's the best when, like, we have, we have a couple of people that just every, almost every time I drop something, like, a new print, like, they will, they will come and pick it up and, the one I don't even know how old he is, but his entire bedroom is basically just starting to become us like <laughs> us. So which is which is super cool. But that's, you know, but why I'm also I love seeing the pictures because I love seeing the final home that stuff ends up in because otherwise it's just in our drawers. You know, like we want to sure. see it up on the wall. And then, yeah, we do just approach it with just like we are grateful to you because that lets us make more stuff like we are not right. in the art business to make money we are in the we are in the business of art to so that we can make art <laughs> so i it's think just, we I need mean, funds for our you know actually our so, not our product so but like our walt, walt 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 disney said that um we don't make films to make money we make money to make films so nice that's in general been my like philosophy but of, now they're in it. the you know we need to make yeah money. well that so. was it's obviously that was a different yeah <laughs> but a different different era time. for sure well i mean i i think we're all we all we want to make money that's what we're, you know that's our ultimate goal is to make money but we also want to pursue our passion because as creatives if we're not able to create, if we're working, you know, 40, 50 hours a week for somebody else, and then, you know, we have a family at home and we're trying to, to make ends meet and, and take care of everything, that leaves us with little time to actually create anything. I mean, well, I, I quit doing artwork for two years. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't do anything for two years when my son was born because I was working 40 plus hours a week, coming home, taking care of him, and I didn't have time to create. And it was killing me. I didn't realize how much it was killing me until I started creating again. And so, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Like, we we sell art to make more art. Yeah. And you know, that's we we have to get these things out of our head and you know do what we can to keep moving forward to supplement our income with what we're doing. Yep, exactly. And I think that's why so many people on uh, newer artists actually have issues with um, pricing their stuff as well is because you first go in with the idea of like, do I even want to sell my art? Is my art even good enough? Right. Your, your self-esteem is already kind of like in that uh, will I will it happen moment. Right. And then even worse. So when you're just trying to make money to create more, like when I started, I didn't really care. I was like, oh, yeah, that's like 20 bucks. And it was original pieces, but it's just because like $20 will buy me some more paints or a couple more canvases. And I can just keep creating, you know? Yep. And then I got Tyler over here, like, 
crucifying me basically for selling something that he would sell for like 150 bucks for like 60 dollars and but, that's where like we come in where we think art should be affordable <laughs> right well, but i mean in the, in the sense though you do have to value your stuff and i i'm slowly getting the idea of that you know like okay I, it did take me some time i've been doing this forever i get that um but i i totally understand that that um walt disney quote because that's literally one of the reasons why i just started selling it was because i just wanted more money so i can get more stuff and create more it wasn't because i wanted a car or i wanted to get out of my job you know just oh i ran out of canvases how can i get more cam i'll just sell some paintings i got a bunch of them so i can get more canvases. Yeah. and and i i don't there are paintings i have that are thousands of dollars that I have priced at a thousand bucks, but there's also stuff that I have that's very affordable and I'm willing to work with almost anybody who wants, like if they're that passionate about my painting, like I will definitely work with them to get it on their wall. Cause I'd rather see it on their wall than sitting in my studio. Right. But at the same time, I, I have to, you know, not everything that I've ever done is going to sell. So yeah. I have to, you know, I have to price myself accordingly for that. And, you know, I also have $60,000 of student loan debt that I'm paying off for my college education to go to do art. You know, there's a lot of factors in that you have to think about when you're making art. And if you want to do it as a career, you have to value what you do. You can't just be like, oh, I, I spent eight hours on this painting. I'm going to sell for 20 bucks. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. No. I mean, if you don't value of, what you do, nobody else is going to. Yeah. Yeah. There definitely is a, I mean, there's a lot of philosophies when it comes to pricing our work. Yeah. And really, you just have to find one that kind of aligns with like with what you are specifically doing. Yep. I mean, the best, the best one I found is basically find people or other artists who are making something in a similar vein, whatever that is, and find like, find like a few if you can. And then, so basically do your, do your research, do your product research. If you want to yeah. like really like business, like businessify it, but do your product research, do your competition research too. If you want to look at it like that and see what they're pricing it at mm -hmm. and price yourself accordingly. So yeah. like with, with we, like when we're, pricing our screen prints, you know, and we, if we do 40 bucks for an 18 by 24, like that's very that's, comparable. That's to, basically what to the gig other, poster market, what other screen printers posters, you know, that's what they sell their stuff at. And there's also like a rift in the, in the printmaking community as well. It's mostly the academics think like, no, 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 you need to be selling these for at least three, $300 a piece. And then there's, there's a lot of pushback from the working artist who's going like, yeah, I can, but who's going to buy this at 300 bucks? Like maybe sure. one person didn't walk away with this at 300 bucks, but can I get maybe 10, 20, 30 people to walk away with it for 30 bucks? Yeah. Did I make the same, if not more money? Yes. Well, I have achieved the same goal now and now 30 or so people have my shit on their walls as opposed to the one. So and that's where like original paintings can be prints. So like say you have a painting that's a thousand dollars, but you 
photograph it really, really good. Not like shitty with you know, the vignetting and all of that, whatever. Um, you print it out, like you buy a printer or you go get it printed at like a nice place. Um, you can sell it for $20, $30. Yeah, that's not, that may not be like expensive, but if 10 people walk away with that, you know, you just made, you know, a couple hundred dollars. So like, is it yeah. better to sell one painting or 20 prints? You know, you can have both options, but make it available. Right. So, yeah, like, definitely. Because I like, okay, say I like that painting. I, I don't have a thousand dollars. Right. So now I'm, you know, internally, I'm like, I love this thing, but I can't have it. You know, now I'm in, we live in a world of fear of missing out is a big thing. So if you have it available in a cheaper option or even like um, postcard size, like five by seven, like those are easy to print, you know, um, sell them for five, ten dollars, you know. So yeah. just have all the options available for your customers is a big thing. Mm -hmm. um, granted, we don't have like all of our prints because they they're they're hand pulled. So we can't physically some designs will not work smaller um but we have them in stickers or we have them in pins like so you know yeah or t-shirts <laughs> yeah definitely i mean you guys you guys definitely run the gambit of artwork and um as far as how you can purchase your artwork um you know not just original prints but you can also a lot of that a lot of your designs translate really well on the clothing and pens and things like that so yeah yeah you guys you guys have a a really good base for marketing and i think a lot of artists can learn from what you guys are doing to incorporate into what they're doing so well uh, again it's just because you know people so i know that like Kevin Spacey is on is is on the the outs, but before he was on the outs, he had a really good quote of he won some kind of an award, so he gave a speech, and one of the speeches that we as actors and successful people are obligated to send the elevator back down. So and so metaphorically is is like we rode the elevator to the, to the top, and now we have the opportunity to send it back down to help somebody else ride it to the top as well and so Absolutely. so that's also like part of our philosophy when it comes to like art making and business and all that kind of stuff is is like yeah maybe maybe uh helping somebody out might cost us you know not selling a print or what or whatever but we would not be here if somebody hadn't paid it forward and given and answered our questions when we asked them so like because that's i think you were upstairs but i was talking about james and melissa like they were in they were in a just 100 an open book and i mean we grilled them hard about everything <laughs> about everything not even just art not just art making but their the business side of what they did how it like literally their income what it broke down to like percentage wise they were how open. many shows they did like all of it like break it all down for me and give give me an understanding of what what it takes to do like what you guys are doing because that's what i wanted 
And then when we got together, I'm like, this is what I'm trying to achieve. And she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm on game for that. So I was on board before we even got like together. Does that make sense? Like I wanted yeah. the same thing. So it just aligned and we moved forward. So that's awesome. The, the, yeah, I love it. Well, we are like an hour and 12 minutes in here and I have like asked like four or five questions. <laughs> We've been, this is a great conversation. So um, I'm going to jump down into my Halloween questions because uh, you guys are being featured in this month's Halloween, which is all Stephen King. Um, and I feel like you guys have a lot of inspiration from like horror-esque styles, um, very dark and macabre. Um, so yeah, I guess, do you draw any inspiration from like horror movies and things like that within your own artwork? I personally don't, which is kind of funny. I hate horror movies. You do? Or but yeah. yeah, but you do you you do collect like oddities. I yeah I do collect like skulls and like taxidermic insects and you know stuff like that. So and but she, I hate horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 she loves Halloween. Too, yeah. So it all kind of balances out. Nice. <laughs> now, are you like, a horror fan, Josh? Um, I would say like specific kinds of horror I like more than than others um so i guess and i'm not so i grew up in a very conservatively christian household so there was a lot of things that were restricted from me like growing up and mm -hmm. horror movies were definitely one of those things that were just not allowed <laughs> in the house like there's just Same. and so it's just something i didn't really grow up with and so like i never just i just never really super got into watching them and so it's more like you know, psycho thrillers, that kind of stuff. Um, I like usually those types of movies. Um, but like, and then right well, now, I just got you a bunch of creepy and eerie magazines. Yeah. So it's, so I'm definitely <laughs> diving in. So now like, now that I'm like getting older and I've noticed this in general, that the older I get, the more in, in history, I like to like go back. So like looking at like, you know, I was, I've always been into like lowbrow art in general, like Robert Crumb and the Zap comics and all that stuff at Ed, Ed, Ed Roth and just learning about where, you know, lowbrow art kind of came from. And then because from those guys came stuff like, you know, the Crypt Keeper and, you know, the, the Eerie magazines and Mad magazines. And that's where all that stuff kind of came out of. And so, but I just, never collected that stuff and now that i'm like an adult I just for some reason it occurred to me with like recently i'm like oh yeah oh yeah i like can collect those things now like I have adult <laughs> money. I'm, I'm allowed to do that <laughs> so like so i'm like slowly like kind of right now i'm like on a huge rob zombie kick so which is weird because like i grew up listening to his music like you know i i remember when the sinister urge dropped and like I was in love with that CD. It fucking like destroyed it just listening to it over and over. But I had no idea why I loved it so much. And then like a few months ago, I like real I'm like, hey, what's Rob Zombie? Like I haven't listened to Rob Zombie in decades. And I like looked at on like Spotify. I'm like, what's Rob Zombie up to? I'm like, oh shit, he's got like six more albums. Well, let's let's just take a listen. <laughs> so I was like, oh yeah, look look at that. He's still like doing stuff. And then like <laughs> 
hey, he he like released a bunch of movies. Let's go and like watch his movies. And it's just like, oh my God, they're so funny. <laughs> like this, it's just so awesome. So like yeah. that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm on a kick on right now. That's so whatever I, mean. I guess, whatever you would consider like that grindhouse, I guess that's what I would mm, call it. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm a fan of the grindhouse um horror genre. Uh, like when Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez did the the Grindhouse double feature with Death Proof and Planet Terror, I loved it. It's uh, just like it's not even scary. It's just it's weird and it's over the top and it is morbid, but it's also like you have to have a specific sense of humor to like that type of stuff. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like it's definitely not for everybody, but it sure. definitely is for people who are just into that. Just just it's. They are they are stupid movies. Like if you really break them down, they're they are stupid movies. But yeah. that the enjoyment of them is that they're just they're just goofy and they're they're super quirky and they're way over the top. But like that's what makes them that's what makes them so great. Definitely, I think Planet Terror was a little bit too over the top for me. Like I really did respect Death Proof. I really like Death Proof, but for some reason I could not get a Planet Terror. I'm like wow. This is bad. <laughs> uh, well, I, I guess maybe with you growing up in a very conservative Christian household, did you ever read like Stephen King at all? Because I mean, this this zine has been kind of based around Z Stephen King the entire time. So I was just curious, like, are you a, a Stephen King fan at all? I mean, I've seen like movies based off of his books, but um, yeah, for me, it was like reading is just it's something that i wish i had done more like as a kid but i was drawing all the time more sure. so or i was playing music or like i was just so busy oh yeah he used to play the bass did you know that yeah i mean <laughs> so like i was i was in like i mean i was in like concert band in high school jazz band percussion ensemble you had a garage band and I had, well, I had two garage bands so like i was doing that nice. i was drawing and painting and stuff like that and then and then it was like kind of like video games and movies like in between. So like I really I wish all what what's so weird. Tyler's just like like all my like all my friends that I grew up with, all of them read like all the time. Just constantly. They're just talking about new books that 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 they're reading. I'm just like, I did this drawing. <laughs> I was totally you know, I, I guess it shouldn't surprise me that you're a musician as well. Because I feel like almost all the creatives I know play some kind of an instrument. I, I mean, I was about to like, say something like that too, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that creativity is not. It's usually not just singular. It usually starts to leak into other things. Yeah. Create a PTFW garage band. <laughs> I was gonna say Josh can play bass. Uh, David Ketcherside plays drums. Uh, <laughs> you know, because I, I I've I've been playing music since I was 16 years old. Granted, I've kind of gotten away from it in the last uh, five years or so, but I, I love music. It's such a huge part of, you know, who I ha have become now. It's just not my main focus anymore. But through my life, I've always kind of, you know, there's times where I'm like, I'm focusing on my traditional artwork and drawing and painting. And then, okay, I'm kind of getting burnt out with that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write for a little while. I'm going to do a lot of writing. And then, okay, I'm getting burnt out with that. And now I'm going to focus on my music. Um, and I've always done that, but this is like the longest I've actually focused on any particular thing is with, uh, you know, actual, my traditional artwork. Sure. And 
I've, I've found such a passion with it that I want to keep going with it every single day. And, um, but yeah, it, it's, I, I, it shouldn't have surprised me that you were, uh, you played, <laughs> played music. I don't know why I was so shocked. I mean, look at him, man. He well, looks I mean, like a musician. Yeah, I don't really like ever. Talk I mean, about it, so. the ZZ Top did just lose their bassist. You could probably step in for him. <laughs> there you go, dude. <laughs> you, you could be the uh, the next sharp dressed man. Um, well, you know, we are, like I said, we are getting uh, kind of late here, and I don't want to keep you guys too late. Um, let's go with a couple more questions here. Um, what is your ultimate goal with your guys' art career? So, I mean, I think we have a couple of a couple of goals, probably like sh maybe short term, mid term, long term. I would say, like short term, like right now, I would say we're still in the uh, because twenty twenty sucked for everybody. Like we had thirteen events that we were planning on going to in twenty twenty, which was so in twenty nineteen is when we really we did two events in twenty nineteen because we we had never done them before. So we're just like, well, we'll do two that way. We're not totally committed into. I mean, we did buy a bunch of display equipment, so we were kind of committed. But like, you know, we're kind of like we we can definitely afford to do two. So let's kind of give this a trial run. We'll see what happens. Like, we're like, oh, wow, this actually went, like, pretty well. So 2020, we're like, fuck it, 13. So, <laughs> and then COVID happened. They were all canceled. And then 2020 was rolling, or 2021 was rolling around. And the beginning of it was people were still kind of being weird in different parts of the country. And, well, I also got pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So then that also like kind of put a damper in. So we had to actually like cancel one event because it was like two weeks after our kid was born. Well, we so. had to cancel two events because they got induced a week early. Oh, do we? Yeah, no. we canceled Minneapolis. So yeah, we had to cancel some events. And so I think we only ended up doing like, I don't even remember, three or four or something like that. And then this year we are only, I think we're doing like maybe six or seven yeah, seven it's not very many seven something like that but it's but we are we branched into like the villain arts tattoo ex expo and okay. because we have found that um the fargo event that we do is that's a tattoo and motorcycle show like simultaneously and that one we do really well at so we're like oh well let's just go to a regular tattoo expo and like kind of ex like a, a again experiment see what happens and so but those are pricey so that just by default limited how many event, events we are going to do is because and then plus two like everything's a drive now we gotta drive with a baby so we make sure we take that into consideration like where sure. we are going. so that's our goal right and short term is we're experimenting with events and finding um what works for us in our current situation well and just like set up like yep we're really trying to like nail that and i know it looks like that on the discord like we have it down but like we see other people's like we setups always, yeah, and we we're, like, yeah, we're like oh like oh set up that's envy. such a good idea like yeah when i go to like events I'm not looking at people's shit. I'm looking at their setup. Yep. <laughs> Damn, how did you like set that? Like, how'd you get that up there? Like, how'd you yeah. buy that? Like, how'd you get where's where'd you get this display thing? Yeah. 
So I think yeah. like mastering that and like probably like we want to get more into like the enamel pins because we find it interesting and it's something like you can't like just do if that makes sense like you can't just go and like paint it you know yeah right. you have to like actually like plan it out plan the colors you know all of that um so i guess like we're we want to get more into that and that's probably where our tax return is gonna go um, <laughs> have you ever uh heard of an artist butcho butcho vision mm-hmm. so butcho vision it's it's he, he i think he's shut down that instagram because he's kind of moved away from his pens but um it's butch von Dro is his name and he started out i think in 2016 making pens and i think the first year he, he had actually posted uh on his Instagram, which I thought was really fascinating, um, how many pens he sold in 2016 and how many pens he sold in like 2020. So in a four year span, uh, he went from making like a thousand dollars one year off his pens to like in April of 2020, when he posted this, he had already made a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's definitely, I mean, I mean, we're not really, not. we're also like not looking at it to be like because we're not like naive like we don't think it'll turn that'll we are not necessarily going oh yeah we're going to be those next people that are going to make six 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 figures like doing doing this like for but like yeah it's just it's just another avenue of like it's cool to see your designs like in a hard physical form yeah as opposed to like just being on paper so that's like another thing that we like think about too because like yeah we could throw our stuff on like a million different products if we like really really wanted to but it's not like super it's not like super interesting for us for i at least like for 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 me it's more like if i am going to take this thing and it's going to be on paper like how does it how does it interact when it's on like a shirt or like a sweatshirt and how does it how does it change when it's on when it's in a sticker format because you can't just necessarily take a screen print and make it into a sticker. Like there has to be some, usually some editing that goes into it. Yeah. And now I'm thinking more about like, well, what if I take a base design? Like I take like, like, like our goth bunny design and that's a screen print, but I'm going to edit it just a little bit. I'm going to add in a couple of different, uh, different elements that make it, it's kind of its own design as a sticker. Like those same designs aren't, aren't in the screen print but they are in the sticker so there's like it's still the same goth bunny but there's a couple of other things that are just like a little bit different so you almost have two different ideas kind of going on at the same time plus one's 18 by 24 inches one's like four and a half inches and you can slap on your laptop it's just it's kind of just how it how the viewer like interacts with it so it's kind of yeah yep and it's kind of the same with like pins and stuff is like Cause you have to take this design and you have to really simplify it. And so it's like, you know, what does that, what does that look like to ch- take this thing and now change it in and shrink it down and make it, make it look like a pin. Cause that's always been our thing too, is when we make a screen print, we are trying to make it look like a screen print. We don't want it yeah. to look like, like necessarily a digital print. You know, we want it to look like a screen print so that you are, cause you're that's, cause that's what you're buying. And so yeah. it's, you get a sticker. We want it to look like a sticker. You want it to look like a pin. We don't want to hide like the process in like what we're 
as we're like designing stuff. No, so that's, definitely. That's probably like short and mid mid goals. Long goal is just, I mean, keep really figuring out like where we want to like bend and stuff. And I would say probably more so is just really continuing to grow and like evolve just the well, art I think that we're like making. a lot of it too is doing it as a family. Yeah. So like obviously both of us are artists. So like what does that mean for our kid? You know, like is she gonna grow up hating art and become a doctor? Like good for her, <laughs> but like I find that boring, you know. Um so it's just like we're trying to also create an atmosphere where she would want to, you know, think outside the box of terms of, you know, financial like income for herself, you know. So it's almost a legacy thing. Sure. Like, long term. So you know, that's that that's something the reason I work so hard with what I'm doing now is I want to prove to my kids that if you work hard and, and make good decisions with what you're doing, you can actually kind of follow your dreams. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't see myself becoming a millionaire with what I'm doing, but I can be happy and be sustained yeah. with what I'm doing. And that's, that's a, an important aspect for me. So, um, yeah, definitely leaving that legacy and uh, yeah, I, I completely understand that. Marco, um, when, you, when you when you have a kid, it'll make sense. <laughs> nah, man, that's part of the reason why I'm like I I don't think I do want kids. That is because I hear a lot of this stuff, and it's not bad. I just don't know how I would handle that, and I don't know if I want to. You know, like I got a dog, man, and that dog annoys the hell out of me sometimes. I can't do what I do to, to the dog to some kids. You know, I can't talk to the kids the way I talk to my dog because my dog doesn't understand. I, I mean it in a very, like, uh, caring way. Like I call him a dumbass and stuff like that. But in a very caring way, you know, like I talk shit to him all the time. But I say it in that voice of just like, you know, I love you can't do that to a kid people are gonna look at you funny and be like what are you doing i mean you could it's just they might have some issues growing up <laughs> yeah exactly exactly my oh man like, yeah. my son's gonna be fucked up <laughs> <laughs> nicole's heard me talking to my son yeah. i'm like what the fuck man why'd you do that yeah i'm terrible i'm really bad i need to get better um <laughs> <laughs> what is some advice you would give to your younger self about artwork? So I actually, because, I mean, I've listened to all the other episodes, and it's the question that, like, I mean, a lot of the questions, obviously, I've been contemplating, like, what, like, the answer would, would be, but. Can you tell he's a strategic planner? Yeah. Uh, I, so, yeah. I think printmakers are strategic planners in general, because you have to really plan out what you're doing yeah. you can't just go in willy-nilly and and no. you have to have a a, yeah. a solid you gotta, plan have, you gotta have something at least a, a maybe that's what bothered out. everyone in undergrad is that they actually had to sit there and plan what they were doing probably <laughs> but anyway like so what i would tell my younger self what's weird about advice is that it's always of course like autobiographical so it's some so it's advice i can't give advice to like other people it's only advice i would give myself and it's really 
it's all kind of useless because the only reason why I learned the stuff that I know now is because of you have to go through a bunch of bullshit and you ha you have to struggle to learn something. You don't ever learn anything when life is easy. Like you have, you only learn it through the struggle. So, but what I would do is show my younger self a lot of stuff, like a lot of artists that I wish I had found out sooner in life. I would show myself this, like the printmaking process, you know, a lot earlier in life, you know, just those, just those types of things is I would make myself more aware earlier in life to all the things that I know about now. Yep. So, get that. so that's more, that's probably more, it, <clears throat> if I was going to give direct advice, it would be like, whatever you think your hustle is now to, to figure out how to be an artist you need to multiply that by a hundred and now that's your base so like i thought we were hustling before 2020 2020 hit we got fucked and i'm just like well i really gotta i let's like let's like try a whole bunch of shit and try and figure out money <laughs> really fast man most of it didn't work but working through a lot of business ideas like very quickly be out of necessity and yeah. that's when i really realized of like oh yeah like i thought i was hustling before but i was just being lazy i mean really now it's like i mean i got a 19 to 20 hour day every day and it's basically like there's very little leisure time in that like 19 to 20 hours it's basically like get up kind of get ready hit the studio of some kind or like may you know usually dump some kind of social media presence and then you know it's kid work kid and then end of day if i got anything left it's you know art or it's just you know kind of decompress from the day bed and then repeat so yeah. like it's just it's just keeping that train rolling you know all the time just not letting it stop basically what i have found to to be like. i <laughs> i've been going non-stop since 9 30 this morning and i just realized i haven't eaten a single thing all day you should probably do that i, yeah, I have not had a single bite of food all day because i have been going all day because i you know my wife has two days off a week that's my two days to to do the podcast do all my artwork run my errands for my art, get stuff down the ship. And so uh, on Monday and Tuesday, like I will go all day drinking coffee and Red Bull and not eat. And when we get done with a podcast, I'll probably go grab a bite to eat. And if it doesn't put me to sleep, I'm probably gonna get back out here in the studio until two o'clock in the morning. So that that grind is, is something I, I don't think a lot of artists really fully understand right yeah, yeah if you're pursuing anything of any kind of entrepreneurial anything that's what it's going to take is like you're going to work your eight to ten hours at your day job that lets you live and then you're going to put in probably another six to ten hours into your side hustle whatever that is and so it's, yeah and yeah with a kid yeah it consumes your time so and but at the same time like when you got if you got 20 minutes or, you know, there's a nap of 30 minutes, like you got 30 minutes. Hey, man, that's 30 minutes 
of progress because progress is progress no matter how sure. how, how small it is it's yep. still progress forward and so that's just something too like you can't it's very easy to reestablish the habit of just letting things sit and that's what mm -hmm. i mean about keeping that train rolling is that even if it's still just moving like you know an inch at a time just as long as well, it's moving like if she's napping for her naps are normally 45 minutes to an hour so i know i have that time so if we have new stickers i'll take photos you know um if, we, if the patreon needs to be printed josh doesn't have time i print it like um and for the most part i've been printing patreon and probably people don't know that um and so I'll pack all the orders and get them out and go to the post office. And so it's, even though you think it's insignificant to your business, even just taking one photo in that 30 minutes and editing it later is still a big step forward in your business. Yeah. yeah you know, the older Mikey gets, the harder it's going to get. Yeah. Because those naps become more infrequent the attention you have to give to her becomes it, it, it multiplies. Uh, you know, my son, when he was Mikey's age was easy and I thought he was hard then. <laughs> and and uh, at three years old, almost four, forget about it. Uh, it. It's, it's an all day process. And he's gotten to the point now where he's like, ah, fuck naps. I don't need those. Like, Come on, man, take a nap. I need, I got work to do. You know, he, he took a nap with his mom today, but he hasn't napped all week or all last week. He, but he took one with his mom. So, yeah, and it the, it gets harder and harder. With, and I know That's that where, like you know, it 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 could be like for you, it's you know, if he's he passes out at whatever, and that means you stay up late. For me, I don't like staying up late. But I like getting up early. He gets up yeah. at three thirty almost every morning. So like that's so that's where I get my big shot of time to like make stuff happen is then and then work all day, you know, Mikey or work all day, you know, kid again, decompress, maybe a little bit more art if I got anything left, and then move on. So it's yeah, but again, it's just however and everybody's different. The situation's different, everybody acts yeah. It's just the the overall overarching concept is to just again Jasper. is to just keep the train rolling. Like whatever yeah. that takes for for anybody is that as soon as you let it stop, like it's gonna be it's harder to get it going again. And yeah. it's very easy to just let it to let it sit there and to not keep it rolling. Well, one week we went to bed late, like every day, and you couldn't get up, and like you felt yeah. dep depressed basically because you didn't get any art time. So. Yeah. Yeah. See, my studio is in the garage, and it's cold out here. So getting up at three thirty in the morning, it's like there's no way I want to leave the comfort of my warm bed to come out here. But during the summer, I'm more apt to come out here when it's like 65, 70 degrees outside still. I will get up that early and come out and work before my wife goes to work. I, I definitely will do that. Yeah, I've noticed. I've met uh, I met some other print printmakers that they they'll actually change the print um, type that they do depending on the season. Mm -hmm. So like when it's cold out, they'll stay inside the print shop and they'll do stuff like lithographs and stuff, which just take a lot of time. And so it's a very it's a, it's a slower process, and so. With winter, they kind of slow down and they'll, they'll take on the slower processes. But in summer, 
you know, screen printing is really what these two artists I'm thinking of specifically do. That's that's their that's kind of like their summer fall thing. Like they just because it's fast and like it, they're just energized with the season. And so like that's when you know, they'll go outside and they just screen print all day and just on weird random shit. And because that's just their style. So, I mean, yeah, it's you kind of like maybe it's yeah, the studio's too cold, but it's I don't know. I don't know what you're living situation is inside the house but like what can be done inside the house you know or or yeah. what can you do like when it's cold when it's too cold out because there are ways to move your art career forward that aren't just making art it can just be sitting and being like all right i need you know it's social media being having a yeah. or it can be like i need to answer emails or i need to i need to document my and you know my all my business expenses and stuff like that and file taxes and yeah you know during the winter i'm more apt to stay up later because i've already been up and i'm dressed and i'm you've been moving around so yeah. staying later into the colder evenings is fine for me but getting up is where i i have trouble doing it so um you know the that's why like lately i've been turning into more of a night owl but once you know spring hits i'll probably shift back into getting up earlier and working in the morning because it's it's I prefer to be a morning person, much like yourself. But right now, you know, things are dictated, out, you know, out of my control. Yep. So I have to kind of go with the flow and, and work when I can. So, yeah. Um, you know, I've been asking everybody this one question. And I know that you you had uh, made a video about the book Steal Like an Artist. Yeah, um, but is there any other books that you would recommend for artists? Well, he has a couple of books, doesn't he? I do. Oh, yeah, no, the, that art. Yeah, that, that Austin Cleon. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's got. He, yeah, he has some other books. One is so yeah, still like an artist, and then show your work and something else. So yeah, I guess I would say like. I guess so. I might say show your work. I don't know. There's the thing is, is like there's a million like how to like, you know, art books on process. Like, I mean, just pick one and you're probably fine but <laughs> yeah. in YouTube videos on it. So, yeah, but, like, it comes to like, you know, art business again, there's like a million books on it. So it's kind of hard to be like, you know, then surely I'll say relatively the exact same thing. But yeah, man, just steal like an artist is pretty much just like the way to go. I mean, I've I've read Art Art and Fear like several times. It's got it's got like some fair points. The overar the overarching concept of like you know the of of fear. The thing is, I kind of don't like it is that it's almost like fear mongering. There doesn't sure. it is it is a little dark or it's a little bleak just talking about just the concept of the fear in 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 art. And that's where I, I find Steel Like an Artist was just very much just like, it kind of solves a lot of internal problems in a very direct and simple way. Yeah, that, and you can read it in like an hour. Yeah, so I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, it's got, it just touches on every topic, basically. So it does, yeah. I mean, that, after that book, to me, there's just really like, oh, well, I don't really need to read anything else because, and again, I don't have time to read. Sure. Sure. Well, I only have one last question for this evening. 
And that would be where can people find you? Well, we are at greenrabbitpress.com. That's our website. And then all of our social medias are Green Rabbit Press. So, Except for TikTok, it's Green Rabbit Press too because we got banned. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Well, Josh, Nicole, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us. Uh, I didn't get to half my questions, but I feel like this is way better than anything <laughs> I could have asked. You guys have given so much great information for uh, myself and Marco, but other artists who may listen to this. So, Thank you again for, for coming on here. And uh, I'm going to leave you with a paint the fucking world. And stay rebellious, guys.